Welcome to Applied Dungeoneering, the D&D 5e actual play podcast that breaks the bonds that are keeping you from reaching your full potential. I'm Josh, the Dungeon Master, and I'm joined as always by my friends and co-hosts. We have Daniel here. I'm pretty sure that he peaked in middle school. High school, actually. I couldn't find my own two feet in middle school, so (laughs) thank you. (laughs) that's all you got go on (laughs) well i mean if you peaked in high school you can't expect much more of an intro so next i guess that's fair i guess that's fair. good point thanks nate high school daniel could have thought of more for sure (laughs) yeah it's all downhill from here anyways yeah Well, Janelle's here, too, and luckily she has so much potential, she just doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah, I share my potential currently. (laughs) You're welcome, babe. For those (laughs) of us who peaked in high school, they need a little extra love and stuff. So, yeah, that's what I do with it right now until I figure out what I want to do with it later on, I guess. Did you just roast me? No. (laughs) All your success, Daniel, it's because of your wife. Well, that I knew. I just couldn't believe she told everyone else that. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, Nate's here. And speaking of breaking the bonds, he's the guy who has the scissors that we used to cut them down. So maybe uh, Daniel could use a little bit of your help. Rule number one, you run with the scissors. You point them back outward so you can, like, run with them. So if you try and hand it off to someone, you know, like a relay, they can begin their run, too. It's the only way you can cut bonds. You got to do it like you got to sneak up on them. Whack them hard. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, I was pretty good at that, too, Nate. And then I tore both my ACLs, and then and then I wasn't very good at that. See? So. That's why I was running to get you the scissors so they could start the snipping. Yeah. They did some of that, too. On my knees. Don't make it weird. On my knees. After all, staples are just scissors that, you know, point inwards a little bit. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What? Are they, though? Yeah, you just leave them Mm. in a little longer. That's it. Well, Nate took this down a very different path than I was intending, so (laughs) we'll move on to Joel, because he's here, too. And uh, I'm not even sure the concept of potential applies to him, because he's just that good heck josh it's not even that it doesn't apply to me i don't even understand the concept of potential you know oh yeah is that true human potential i don't even i don't know what that means potential energy what (laughs) What, how can you potentially have energy that doesn't make any sense and don't even get me started on chemical potential you know i went through four years of chemical engineering i don't even understand that stuff still (laughs) at least tell me what fugacity was yeah, well, fugacity is fugacity. <laughs> snozberries tastes like snozberries. What's a yeah. league lag controller? An, an elite lag controller is a lead lag controller. Well, all of that is a true <laughs> statement. <laughs> I hope our professor doesn't listen to this. I hope he does. I hope he does. Those classes were expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we learned. <laughs> Inside joke. Well, finally, we have AJ, who I think has the most potential out of all of us. But, you know, the funny thing about having all that potential, it means he actually hasn't achieved much yet. So do with that what you will. 
Josh, you're whispering into the microphone over there. What are you, what are you saying? What? Oh, nothing. Just praising oh, okay. you what? for having all that potential. Oh, well, th- thanks, Josh. You know what? I, I really appreciate your positive attitude. You know what? I, I think that we all have a lot of potential. You know, it's, I think that we're going places. Yeah, with AJ, it's just a lot of potential energy to fail. Josh, you, I, sorry, did I interrupt you again? Oh, no, what? Sorry, something? I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Sorry, I just, you know, I don't want to interrupt. You know, it's no, it's fine. I don't want to interrupt you either. Oh, you know what? Gosh, you're just you're you're so you're so great and you're so understanding. Josh, you're the best. You never say anything behind my back. What I'm getting at is I don't understand how AJ's still on the podcast. Uh, do you say something about podcast next week? Well, yeah, I say I'm really glad to have you on the podcast. Oh, cool, cool, good, thanks, thanks. Well, now that we got the intros out of the way, uh, how's everyone <laughs> doing this week? Good. How are you doing there, Josh? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing better. <laughs> <laughs> are you, Joel? Yeah, better than Josh, yeah. Mm. That's fair. That's fair. Pretty easy, though. Oh. Oh, wow. I, I guess that's why no one ever asks me how the, how I'm doing, because they mm-hmm. know it's just going to bring pain. Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, well, no, we, we didn't know it would bring pain to you, because other, if we did, we'd be doing it more often. Yeah. I, what? Ouch. That's how this group works. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited for a D&D tonight, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm excited for something, too. Yeah. I'm really excited for one of you no. lucky suckers no. to God. butter me up because I'm churning for adventure. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we just got straight to it. We're ready. He's already buttered up. We got to do it or it's going to. I think at this point, we just don't want to be around each other. So we just want to get out of the way. That's right. Got all this potential energy building up to just destroy our friendship. So let's go ahead and just do that. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So before we get started, I'll give us a quick recap and then we will jump back into the action. And hopefully, you guys. Survive. I don't know. We'll see. Woo. Last episode, you spent your time dealing with the aftermath of your failed escape attempt. You helped put out fires. You made peace with some of the residents. And some of your number fled into the forest. The leader of the settlement, an imposing and currently unnamed elf, took the remaining members of the group into his home to speak with them, where you learned that he had some sort of connection with the events in Brimpton. And he was not too happy with your meddling in whatever was going on there. After giving you a stern warning, he sent one of your members out to find the people who had fled. And he kept the others behind to speak to them further. So we will jump back into the action. Well, or lack of action. (laughs) We're back in the forest. The pines are reaching high up into the sky. It's been a few hours, so the sun's starting to make its way a little bit further. The light's starting to get a little more orange tinge to it. It's still completely silent. You cannot hear any bird calls or animals. The only sound you can hear is the sound of a small crackling fire, incredibly tiny. And Gunner is huddled around this little fire, trying to keep the smoke from billowing up too much. And Tuo sitting next to him, looking very concerned. And they just look like they're hiding. 
yeah, so Tuo and Gunnar just sitting around the campfire in his little tiny hut. He's like, well, I'll tell you, bud. It, it, it was nice getting someone to talk to, but um, I was kind of thinking my plan was going to go off better, huh? I mean, v- v- what did you think I did wrong? Tell me, honestly. I'll listen. Tuo just lets out a muffled bark and lays his head back down on his paws and looks at the fire. Yeah, no, I mean, I could have thought of that, but... Then he lets out a, a little growl at you. Not a mean one, just a patronizing one. Okay, well, you know, next time, whenever we're all stuck, you can come save us all. Yeah, he perks his ears up and looks up at you. Looks like he uh, thinks he could do it. All right, fine, Hotshot. Well, I'll, I'll have you know, I think your owner or your father, master, I don't know what your relationship with Theo is, but in, in any way, I, I think he, well... Jasper Jasper was the one who vanged it up the most. But then, I don't know. It seemed like Theo wasn't really in on it either. I don't know. I think I think you're right. The communication was the real issue there, huh? Yeah, and he just turned his eyes back to the fire at that. Yeah. You want a snack? Uh, his ears perk up, but not at your offer. Because I need Gunner and Tuo to both make perception checks. Oh, boy. So Gunner got a 19. Tuo got a 17. Oh, wow. So Gunner's offering the treat, and he looks down at Tuo and then looks right back out of the forest. And he can tell that in the distance, some of the light that's shining through the woods is not from the sun. It looks like it's being projected from a source, and it seems to be moving, like it's a moving source of light. And it seems uh, uncomfortably familiar. Uh, uh, I, I don't know, Tuo. What do you think we should do? I'm going to put out the fire. Yeah, Tuo stiffens a little bit, and you actually hear uh, an actual growl start to well up inside of him. Gunner is going to start to do is he's going to start to quietly try to put out the fire to at least re- reduce the crackling noise. So they're, they're in a cave, right? Yeah, well, it's not really a cave. You're kind of like tucked under kind of a, an area where the soil's been washed away under a tree, kind of like in Lord of the Rings when the hobbits hide from the ring wraith, there's like this washed out area. I don't actually remember what that's called, but basically an area under a tree has been washed out by, by rainfall. So there's like a spot where you can huddle in and like get away from sight. So would Gunner's intuition be able to tell him whether or not it would be plainly obvious if they saw this like green semi-sphere there. Yeah, it would be very obvious if you cast your tiny hut spell. It wouldn't be able to touch you through it, but it'd be, it would stick out like a sore thumb. It wouldn't glow, but like if you walk through the forest and you see a forest-colored sphere, you're just going to be like, what's, what's that? Yeah, well, I guess I mean we're in the tiny hut now, so I'm trying to figure out if, if, we, should, if we should run. That's right, because you did cast the tiny hut. You feel like you could run, or you could dispel it, and then you'd actually be able to hide if you didn't want to run. Hmm. Well, they'd probably just wait me out. So I think... Because whatever whatever the light's coming from is moving. Like, it's, it's not stationary, so... Okay, let's see. Gunner's going to look through his pack and see if he has anything that could, like, be used as a, as a disguise. He doesn't have a disguise kit. Uh, let's see. Does the earth look loose around where Gunner is? Oh, yeah, fairly loose. I think 
Gunner is trying to see if he can like push the earth in such a way to try and like make a little barrier for himself or maybe even just cover himself in the dirt. I think you'd be able to make yourself dirt colored, but you wouldn't be like hidden in the dirt. It would give you advantage to hide mm. if Gunner wanted to like rub dirt all over himself. Uh, but that's it. That's the other problem too. I don't think I don't think Gunner would. Honestly, I think what Gunner would probably do is that he's probably going to dispel the tiny hut, and he's going to grab Tuo, and he and he's going to say, "We we we need to move and quickly," and he's going to try and using whatever natural foliage is around, he's going to try and sneak away from this little alcove. Okay, why don't you give me a stealth check? And AJ, can you have 2-0 give a stealth check as well? For sure, for sure. Okay, good good roll so far. That's a 21. Gunner's also really good at stealth, so that helps. He's a sneaky boy. Sneaky. He is. 2-0 got a 16. Okay, that's enough. So Gunner and 2-0 kind of skedaddle, and they leave. And as you're looking back, you see the light get closer, and you see one of the things that attacked you on the road walk into the clearing behind you. Oh, my God. One of the tall, four-armed, bipedal, chitinous machines with the hunched shoulders, small, round, featureless head, and the four eyes that can fire the beams of light. And you guys manage to sneak away. It doesn't notice you leave. But you watch its lights, the spotlight-like eyes, scan across the area. And you see it kind of scan over your fire. But then the lights also scan in, like, the diameter that your Liaman's tiny hut had taken up, as if it was sensing the residual magic there. Hmm. But then you're able to flee into the underbrush and escape. And then we'll cut to Vez. So Vez is also in the forest. It's very similar to the environment Gunner was in, the pines, the sun at the right angle. But she is walking with a group of elves. There are three standing behind her, two elven women and an elven man. They're carrying spears and they're pretty decked out in their fur armor. They don't look like they're super, super nice. They look like they're kind of like rough and tumble a little bit. Not quite like the brigands, but similar. And there's one more elf standing in front of Vez. She looks a little more regal. She's tall, taller than all the other elves, actually. And she's wearing nicer armor. And she has a bow across her back. And she's looks like she's doing most of the scanning of the woods and occasionally looking back to Vez and gesturing for her to call out for Gunner. Uh, yes, yes, I'll... Gunner, where where are you? Your voice just kind of echoes through the forest. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where he went. Don't look at me like that. He ran. I was in the village. I, I can't do magic. Like, I'm not... But he's your companion. You should... I would expect that you would have set up some sort of escape point somewhere <laughs> somewhere to meet up should things go awry. Like, that's that's something that anyone would do. Vez looks down, trying to hide her embarrassment at this comment because it does make logical sense. <laughs> um, well, you know, um, 
that's a great point and um we're we're just really dumb i don't know what else to tell you we're just we're dumb we didn't do that we should have that would have made this a lot easier but this whole thing's just been a mess from start to finish (laughs) (laughs) yeah you hear the the other elves behind you snicker a little bit and the lead elf kind of looks back at you with a with a look on her face and then she gestures for you to continue and then she asks what brings you here anyway how did you get mixed up with uh with the other two the criminals oh there was one of them who was hiring people to help him with his trade and you know i'm never really got a lot of money going around and i do enjoy eating and having a roof over my head when I sleep. So it's like, this seems like an easy enough job. I'll do that. They were also with him. So, happy circumstances. Why don't you give me a deception check? <laughs> I mean, that's the story that we told him the first time, yeah? Well, still, so you're, you're talking to this particular woman. I need a deception check. Hmm, not the best. How does a 10 sound? <laughs> Um, She kind of stops and looks around, and after a moment, she does a hand signal and gestures for the others to fan out. And once they're out of earshot, she turns to Vez and says, I can smell bullshit a mile away. What really brought you here? And and she kind of like looks a little concerned. And she says, Glamour normally isn't this merciful. Most people would be dead by now. And yet here you are now. So, what's going on? Why are you really here? Um, we're really here because we were told by a a seer? I don't know what her technical name is. A lady who can, like, see visions of the future. She's doing some hand motions, as I'm doing right now, and you can't see because this is an audio medium. Um, (laughs) But, uh, anyway, so this lady tells us that we have to come and see the, the rock door because it's our fate, and I'm fated also to see it with these idiots that are now all over the place. And so I'm like, okay, well, I guess if it's fate, we've got to go do it. And so we've tried to come talk to you guys to see what that's all about. There's also a guy that we defeated in the previous place that we came from that the lady who could see things was from, who was like putting mechanical things in people that forced them to do things against their will. And then when they almost died, they just blew up. So we're also trying to figure that out too. She just looks at her. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, and she she just looks at you, she's like, wow, that did not take much prodding at all. (laughs) (laughs) I don't wanna die is kind of where I'm at right now, so. No, I, I have my answer. Okay. I think I understand why Glamour's kept you alive. <laughs> are you part of the people means. who are putting stuff in other people that makes them do stuff against their will and then explode? What? No. I'm Okay. Well that that makes me feel better. <laughs> I'm Glamour's wife. Oh. oh. Nice to meet you. My name's Fez. She just really awkwardly holds out her hand to, like, her handshake. She doesn't know what to do. Fez! Look at you making friends. (laughs) She just kind of looks down at your hand and she says, I'm I'm Freya. It's a pleasure to meet you. And she just kind of (laughs) 
<laughs> looks at you. I don't know. I don't. I'm. We're awkward. I always introduce our group that we're awkward and we don't understand social interaction. This is a theme. I'm so sorry. Let's get back to trying to find Gunna. Gunna! And she just like turns around and starts <laughs> yelling for him again because she's. She doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> she's made it very awkward. She understands that it's really awkward and she's just trying to move on with her life now. Yeah, and as you guys are walking forward, Freya kind of comes back next to Vez. And she looks like she's not quite ready to drop the topic. And she says, so I presume you're here to help us with our problem then. I believe so, depending on what the details of that problem are. Well, you're an elf. I presume you'd know all about it. Oh, you mean like the persecution being shoved out of most other places and having to fight day to day to survive that one? Or are we talking about she, another she, one? Like she, <laughs> she's, she's understanding what you're saying, but she looks a little confused. She's like, no, I'm talking about thing all elves deal with. And she kind of like stops and as it gives you a very suspicious look. You do know about the wasting, right? Her hand's like slowly resting on her dagger. Can I roll to see if I know about the wasting? <laughs> yeah, that would be a nature check. Okay, which is definitely my strong suit, because intelligence is definitely my strong suit. <laughs> Actually, apparently, yes, it is, because that was an 18 on the die, so an 18. Woo! Oh, wow. So, yeah, you are familiar with the waste. It is something that all elves in Hemeril deal with. Basically, every generation of elf like ages faster and lives like less time than the generation before it. It's kind of a result of them crossing over to Hemeril from the fairy court. Like the world literally is not suited for their magical biology. So every generation like wastes away faster. Okay, so she turns the wasting where we're all living shorter lives because we just don't really match with the world around us, that one? That problem? Yes, there, there's no other one, but if an oracle sent you here specifically to visit Dear Himins, the source of our salvation, then I think things are going to look up for us. And as I said, I can think I can see why Glamour has kept you alive. Well, uh, being alive is something that I appreciate, so... I will do everything in my power to accomplish our common goal. She kind of smiles and goes back to calling <laughs> for Gunner, <laughs> trying to just, she's like, talking is not what I need to be doing. This is not where I'm strong. I need to just do what I'm supposed to be doing. So after that, we'll cut to Aegon and Theo. They are sitting patiently in, in the longhouse. They're just kind of sitting down, twiddling their thumbs. There are guards standing all around them. The leader has disappeared. He's not with them at the moment. And I don't know where Jasper is, because I think his invisibility is worn off by now. So we'll start with you, Nate. Uh, what has Jasper done? Because, like I said, his invisibility wore off because it's been a few hours at this point. So has he been renewing it silently somehow? Or did he leave when he got the chance? What's he doing? He would have tried to enter and basically shapeshift into a guard and then just stand watch. 
So stand watch and hope that the guards don't recognize that they're suddenly seven instead of six. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> okay, you're going to have to give me a... If you want to do that, you're going to have to give me a, uh, a stealth check, I think, to fit in. Sure. Boom, 16. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you... So Jasper is able to cast a sky self and kind of step out around a corner um, at some point uh, over the next few hours and one of the guards looks at you and he looks at the guard next to him and elbows him and they say something in elvish to each other I speak elvish okay yeah you uh, you hear the exchange it's like well hey what are you doing here like you sure you're supposed to be here well yeah I was, I was asked to well we've got, we've got six guards here Okay, I mean, I was Glamier specifically asked me to to come. Well, maybe he was mistaken. But, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the one of the guards leaves, and so now there are six guards in the room. So Jasper is able to seamlessly integrate himself, and in. this is so dumb. Oh, wow. Yeah. So now we have Theo and Aegon just kind of sitting at the table. You guys have not been able to do much. You uh, watched Vez get let out, and that was about it. The leader of the uh, of the settlement left after a little while to go do something. So now it's just you guys. So and well, how many people are in the room total? There are six in the room total. You guys think that there are six Elven guards? You do not know that one of them is Jasper. Okay, <laughs> and we're just waiting, hoping, waiting for something to happen. Yes. Okay. <laughs> So, so, uh, how, how are you fellows? No talking, today? prisoners! <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> guess our scene's over. Here's that piping up. <laughs> I couldn't help it. It was too good. <laughs> oh. Now at least they believe I'm part of them. Yeah, because yeah. they all talk they, like that, huh? They, they all look kind of confused at the outburst, but then one of them's like, yeah, no talking. <laughs> <laughs> of course I say it in Elvin. Can't be oh, okay. speaking filthy languages now. Theo looks at Aegon and, and gives him a hand motion like, dude, just like, knock it off, jeez. You've been in trouble. <laughs> well, are you making shadow puppets feel? Just be quiet. <laughs> oh, I can, I can do that too. Uh, and can I make a performance check to make shadow puppets, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> you will, you will need a strong source of light. Do, do they not have like a fire or something burning in here? Uh, you'd probably yeah, they do. You'd have to move closer to it though. Why don't you just create bonfires as your source of light? <laughs> I can't do I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know that spell. <laughs> God dang it. Uh. Wait, oh wait, no, but I, I could just cast light. <laughs> you really want to cast magic in front of these guards? I don't think I I probably shouldn't, no. I said no speaking. I didn't say you guys could cast spells. I'm cool with that. <laughs> let, me, let me see what light... Re- oh, yeah, it requires verbal component. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to... Aegon's going to cast light on Theo's pants. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so now it's a source of bright light. And then he's going to start making shadow puppets. Iron <laughs> what are you doing? Yo, I'm just trying to kill some time here. So the guards react like they they pause for a second. And then suddenly you have five spears pointing at your neck. <laughs> Whoa, everybody. It's, it's okay. I'm, I'm just I'm speaking Elvish as well, by the way. I, I'm just I'm just trying to lighten the mood here a little bit. Well, I see what it did there. Well, yeah, one one of the guards says, cease your magic. Okay, I'm not casting any more magic. We know it was one of you who lit the longhouse on fire. You can deny it all you like. If Glamir hadn't granted his protection to you, we would have slit your throats by now. What what are you talking about? None of my friends or myself would ever do such a thing. (sighs) It was gutter. Members of our community have literally seen you cast fire magic. I, I, that is not true. <laughs> Jasper will speak up and just be like, say, like, oh, guys, I'm pretty sure it was the one that ran away. It's the one that lit it on fire. We'll get him when he comes. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and they're like, are you sure? Could have sworn we were told it was the one with the horns. I don't know. It was chaos at the time, but I'm pretty sure it was that one in particular. That's why it ran away. Can you give me a... <laughs> I think you should give me a persuasion check, because they think you're one of their own. So it's... Yeah, give me a persuasion sense. check. Uh, 17! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yes! <laughs> Do I... I think I should get advantage anyways, though, because I'm one of them. I think it's still enough. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe when Glamir isn't looking, we can... And he kind of does a weird upward motion, like he's grabbing something, and then pulls down. And they're like, yeah, and we can. And they, like, mimic doing something with their arms, where they're, like, making fists and pulling them apart. Yeah, sounds good. (laughs) Nice shadow puppets. (laughs) Oh, why, thank you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then <laughs> and then um, Aegon will kind of lean towards Theo and whisper it looks like Gunnar's in for a bad time whenever he gets back here <laughs> I, I guess so did he really light it on fire? <laughs> you didn't <get> me. <laughs> <laughs> Theo's whispering to Aegon he's not saying this out loud oh man I just, I don't think he'd do that. Does he even know fire? So we'll cut back to Vez now. And you guys are wandering through the forest. Um, it's been about another hour. And could Vez give me a perception check? Yeah. And Daniel, can uh, <laughs> can I have you and Tuo give a stealth check? Okay. Six. Eleven. I don't see him. <laughs> Two Oak only got a nine. I still only got a six, though, so. Vez isn't the only one looking, though. This was an opportunity oh. for her to see Gunner and Two before everyone else. So Gunner's hiding in the underbrush, probably maybe a little shaken from his experience earlier. And he sees this group of elves, all four of them, armed and dangerous looking, with Vez in tow. And he's trying to stay hidden when 
suddenly Tuo lets out a little bark of excitement at seeing Vez and the elves in the group all turn their eyes and look right in Gunner's direction and seem to realize that someone's there and they begin to stalk forward, weapons drawn. First of all, Gunner turns around and gives this look to Tuo like, <laughs> are you trying to kill me? <laughs> Tuo looks really embarrassed. <laughs> I think Vez hears the little bark then and then sees the all the elves are making their way down to uh, some underbrush. Okay, but they can't actually see me yet though, right? They cannot, but they know you're there because you both failed the stealth check. Okay, well, that's fine. So what Gunner is going to do is he's going to very quickly wrap some rope around his hand just to leave it loose enough for himself to cast a little spell. He's going to cast a Sky Self <laughs> as one of the soldiers, like one of the soldiers, not exactly like one of the soldiers, but he's going to be laying on the ground with uh, no shirt. <laughs> what? Just trust me. Oh my god. Are you copying my ideas over here? So what are you going to do about Tua then? Yeah, I, I, I don't know what he's going to... Oh, actually, he knows what he's going to do. In case you hadn't already gathered it, Gunner's going to pretend to be like a soldier that was bested by Gunner, and he, he left him tied up. And so Gunner's going to put, like, as quickly as possible, tie like a shitty knot around his feet and then wraps them around his hand and just kind of pretend that that it's taut. Okay. <laughs> so that's his plan. <laughs> so they- Leaving Tuo out to die. Okay. <laughs> so they come out into the underbrush and they find Gunner disguised as an elven warrior, all tied up without his shirt on. As soon as they show up, he's going to say, he's going to say, oh, thank goodness. I, I was I was so worried that uh, the, the, this man he, he he came out of the woods and he, he attacked me and do you and, uh, know Elvin uh, though? Th- 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 this dog, shut up, Nate. And this dog, <laughs> this dog, he, he he saved me. Oh no! <laughs> oh boy. Do you, does Gunner know Elvin? I forget. Gunner does not know Elvin. No! <laughs> He's dead. Oh, they're all they, dead. The tall elf draws her bow and points her bow at you, and she says something elvish. And what the other elves. Uh, I understand Elvish. <laughs> okay, she says, grab him. <laughs> so Gunner went through all this work, <laughs> and the other three elves just come up to him and they just pull him up to his feet, undo the knot around his hands, and then redo it tighter. So dumb. How come I didn't get any other languages other than common? <laughs> <laughs> Built the shifters bad. That's what I'm claiming. Oh, no. If only you took the language feat. Yeah, Daniel. I mean, you've got nobody to blame but yourself here. Uh, Clearly, clearly. And so then the uh, the tall elven woman uh, says to you in uh, common with a very strong elven accent, but she says, what'd you do? Look, make yourself look normal. Gunner drops his disguise. No, just keep lying, Daniel. It works for me. (laughs) It works for me. (laughs) No, Gunner's going to start cooking up something else. He's going to be like, fine, you you caught me. Yeah, and one of the the elven women 
walks up to Tuo and gives him a piece of meat and rubs him behind the ears and gets him to follow her. Aw, yeah, that'll do it. He's he's that loyal. Elves seem to like two things. Other elves and animals. That's about it. <laughs> so what's, what's oh, hey. Vez do? So Vez is watching this whole thing go down. She just sighs. <laughs> oh, well, uh, we got him. G- good job, everybody. And she just looks at Gunner, like, and shakes her head. (laughs) Gunner just yells out, I'm trying my best, okay? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) He's getting a little red in the face. Like, he's just embarrassed and sad. Yeah, and Freya, the tall elf, says, Well, we can definitely tell you're trying your best. Give you a sarcastic pat on the shoulder before walking forward. All right, fine, fine. That that was a good burn. It's fine. It's fine. You could just kill me out here, though. Oh, don't. Vez, standing much closer to Gunner, will say, "She's my favorite." (laughs) (laughs) So we'll cut forward again. It's been another few hours. We just have Theo and Aegon sitting there and. Jasper disguises as a guard with his ring keeping up his disguise and then the door opens and the hunting party files in and they seat Gunner and Vez down at the table as well and the guards are looking around They one of them asks in Elvish what about the other one? the hunting party says we looked for another two hours we couldn't find any sign of him we have no idea where their fifth member is we did find their dog Gunner pipes up and he says I know where the bathroom is See my elvish isn't that bad I think I (laughs) Prisoners no talking Oh wait Uh, do you say it in Common or elvish Elvish obviously (laughs) I don't have any eggs Please quit asking Gunner Gunner Quiet down that that guard's a bit of a jerk Alright Yeah, he doesn't like, well, he kind of likes shadow puppets, but I'm on the fence because he yelled at us twice now. Yeah. <laughs> what a big meanie. I hate that guy. <laughs> is, uh, is Tuo just running around? Is he able to come to Fio if he looks? Yeah, tu- Tuo comes up to Fio as soon as he sees him. Oh, thank goodness. And starts, like, licking his face, hopping up on him. Uh, a couple of the elves actually look, uh, their hearts look like they melt just a little bit, but then they, like, stir themselves <laughs> up. <laughs> Oh, it's a good boy. Oh, I missed you. Oh, you're such a good boy. Oh, God, you smell like beef. <laughs> For some reason, one of the guards looks annoyed. <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are waiting there, and then the hunting party departs. And as they're departing, um, a figure pushes past them, and it's the elven leader who walks forward and looks at the four of you sitting at the table and does not look over at Jasper, but Jasper gets a very strong feeling that he is 100% aware that you're there. (laughs) Jasper just begins crackling again a little bit, just (laughs) to himself. himself. He's like, he's like all the, like all the other guards are there, like stern, but then Jasper is like, (laughs) (laughs) he knows he's busted, but he's just seeing how far he can screw with him. (laughs) This is great. The leader looks around and he says, Welcome. I'm Glamir. 
son of Famir. I am the leader of this settlement, and I am the salvation of my people. You have been accused of crimes against my people, regardless of whether you believe that you are to be held accountable for those crimes. But I need your help. So I have come to talk. hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it and our other episodes with your friends, family, and co-workers. Your boss, if you're daring. Visit our website to find your copy of a D&D Quick Starter Guide, and feel free to join our growing community on the various social media platforms in the description. There, we discuss episodes, Dungeons & Dragons, and STEM topics that we all love. Thanks again for listening. We can't wait to see you here at Applied Dungeoneering. Some of the background music in this episode is from Monument Studios. Check out their other music at monumentstudios.net.